Looking like an angel with no halo When I'm with her, tell me where the pain go Think I might be falling out of control What the fuck do I know? Maybe I should let it go Alright, let's get this podcast started What is going on, you little dirty bald-headed bitches? Hope your alopecia isn't acting up And if it is, I hope your man will go slap somebody For saying something about it No, I'm just fucking around But like, since I brought it up I had to say that, man Fuck, okay, for one Since everybody's got a take on it Let's let's get, let's put mine out there Because mine fucking matters, apparently Um, <laughs> This I gotta say something about the Jada Pinkett Smith and well, that because that's what it is. It's not the Will Smith and Chris Rock thing. It's the Jada Pinkett Smith thing. First of all, shit. Where where do I even start? First of all, <sighs> shit. I don't even know where to start with it. Um, let's okay for for the people who don't know what happened and why I just. Talked about them dirty bald headed bitches and alopecia. Let's uh, let me. Ex- I guess I'll start with explaining what happened. If you didn't fucking see it, which means you're probably if you didn't see it, you're probably Amish and you're probably not listening to this podcast because you don't have technology. But <clears throat> for the rest of the world, um, what I'm talking about is at the Oscars was it this past week or two weeks ago now or whatever it was, um. I just haven't had a chance to talk about it on the podcast, but so basically to give a quick rundown of it, Chris Rock, you know, one of the great comedians of all time, you know, that everybody, you know, that's what he does. He's a fucking comedian. He makes a very like, in my opinion, it's a very light joke. Like it's, and so he, he makes it, let me give a rundown. I'll get into the details the smaller details of it. So he makes a joke, says something about Jada, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith's wife says something about her starring in GI Jane. Cause she, her head was shaved. Okay. GI Jane two or whatever. Uh, Will Smith for one laughs, thinks it's funny, understands it's a joke. Will, uh, Jada not laughing. Camera cuts away. Something happens. Will Smith gets up, walks up to Chris Rock, and slaps him in the face. And then just walks back and sit down, sits back down, and then starts yelling to <clears throat> keep his wife's name out of his mouth and all this shit. Well, so <clears throat> the small, I guess the more, sm- the smaller details about the whole thing that, you know, make this the situation that it is. For one, Chris Rock is a comedian. You know, that's what comedians do. And also, he's not just a comedian. Like, he's also, like, worked with Will Smith. Like, they're, you know, as far as everybody knew, they had a decent working, they had a decent relationship. They got along fine. They actually were on, uh, I think Chris Rock made an uh, appearance on a Fresh Prince episode back in the day. So, like, they've worked together. They've been around each other before. Like, they know, they know each other. I'm sure they have a, you know, I'm sure he, Chris, or, I'm sorry, Will Smith, He's also, like, he's not a stand-up comedian, but he's a comedy guy. So he he definitely gets it. He definitely understood what Chris was doing. And like I said, it was a light jab. Sitting there saying, you know, something about starring in G.I. Jane 2. Like, 
it's it was kind of a small like a, a light joke compared to like what comedians usually do but so she Jada didn't think it was funny because she has alopecia which another thing yes you know some people it alopecia really affects them or whatever but the majority of the time you can grow hair it just is like patchy or it doesn't grow grow right or whatever but like she's been this bitch has been bald like this isn't something she like just started doing this bitch hadn't had hair in a long time in a long fucking time she hadn't had hair it was always short like she didn't she went from you know normal like her her long hair and then it wasn't growing right so she went to like the lesbian haircut which is like short on the sides long on top and then I guess she finally just dropped the top and shaved it all off which you know if that's something that bothers her then yeah she has every right to be upset every right to be upset by it but the thing is Chris Rock didn't know she had alopecia, apparently. And this is, of course, just what's in the media. So, you, you know, take it for what, you know, take it for what it is. But apparently he didn't know she had alopecia. So the joke was, you know, kind of just, you know, a lighthearted thing. I, there was some jokes on Twitter about her hair that were, hey, there. I think anybody would have slapped some of the people that were making jokes about her hair on Twitter. They were pretty uh pretty rough i'm not gonna i'm not gonna repeat them on here because i don't think i need a recording of me saying the stuff that, they, that i saw on twitter but they they were they were rough but anyway chris makes the joke lighthearted joke about her hair doesn't know she has the condition or whatever camera cuts to will and jada will's laughing gets it thinks it's funny jada looks pissed camera cuts away you know, five, ten seconds later, Will's getting up and going to slap Chris. So here's the takeaway from this, if you're if you're me and you know, majority of America. Clearly for one, clearly Will is going through something for him to go up and slap a comedian. And this is the thing, I, I thought it was I think just like everybody I thought it was fake. I thought it was staged until uh I started thinking about how the thing that to me that shows that it wasn't because if you watch a slow-mo video Chris definitely got slapped he for sure got like he really got slapped now whether he knew it was coming and whether they planned it or not or whatever that's you know that's between them whatever but where to me what shows what um, to me what shows that it isn't staged is when Will sits down and this is what people like I think this was like the obviously this is like the lesser paid attention to part because the slap was such a big deal. When Will sits down and he starts saying, "Keep your not keep uh, my wife's name out of your fucking mouth," and then he says, "Keep my," and then he says it again. He says, "Keep my uh, keep my wife's name out of your motherfucking mouth" or whatever. So I think he just says "fucking mouth," but whatever. So here's the thing. The the fact that they were at the Oscars and it was on live TV, you can't, they can't script cuss words or plan cuss words during those, during that section because the Academy wouldn't allow it. The Academy doesn't allow uh, cussing on stage. They don't allow any of that shit. So him doing that shows that it's that that part, at least it's not scripted. 
Now, again, like I said, whether they planned it with each other or not, that's its own situation. But uh, from everything that we hear now, like, I mean, the police got involved. They asked if he wanted to file charges. Like, I mean, there's a lot of shit that went into it. I, I think there's too much shit that, that we can at this point think that it, it, re- it really was what it was. He, Will Smith got up and slapped the shit out of him. But this is the thing. This is the takeaway. For one... Will Smith, uh, for one, Chris Rock has a solid chin on him. He took a good slap. But Will Smith has a bigger problem going on than... He has more problems like in his personal life than I think people r- realize and people know about. Because for him to do something like that, in that, in that sort of um, atmosphere, or in that environment where it's like you're on live TV, there's a comedian on stage of... Community you've worked with before, a friend, you know, whatever. For you to do that, it's definitely out of character and also just poor timing. Like, a real, like, in that situation, which you should, like, if you got something to say or you you want to handle it a certain way, you're, you're fucking Will Smith. You can walk backstage whenever you want and just go talk to him. You can go, you can go handle it backstage. But he, he wanted to make a scene of it. And, I, and honestly... I think he's making a scene about it, or I think he chose to make a scene about it because, like I said, I think he's got personal stuff going on. But you got to think in the past, like how how long has she had her show? Since Jada Pinkett Smith has had her Red Table Talk show, since their show has came out, the world has learned so much personal information about them too, about Will and Jada, and about Will like shit that shouldn't. Uh, really shouldn't be out there, and he's always been like the the butt of the joke, because what they learn on you know what she's they've talked about they've talked about their sex life and having an open marriage and how um she had her fucking entanglement or whatever with that uh with that rapper, which ba- which basically means she's just cheating on Will you know bad per- hey hey Will let's also get into this hey fucking Will. Did y'all, and you know what, let's just talk to everybody. Hey guys, did we think, did we fucking think for a second that this woman was committed and faithful to him? Here's a red flag. This is a huge red flag. Her name is fucking hyphenated. Her last name is Pinkett Smith. She couldn't even commit to having his last name. You think she can commit to a fucking marriage? You think she can commit to him? She couldn't commit to having his last name. It's fucking Smith. Like, it's not some fucking... It's not some Russian last name that, like, it's hard to say. It's not some last name that's got, like, bad uh, bad energy that comes with it or a bad connotation that comes with it, like uh, Escobar or... Um, or Castro or, you know, or fucking Hitler. It's not some last name like that. It's Smith, baby. It's Smith. Just fucking take the last name. She couldn't commit to the last name. Y'all think she could commit to Will? Get the fuck out of here. That's a red flag for... That's a... Hey. Will fucked up. Will, if... If it was me in that situation, you hyphenate your fucking name. I know you're not... I know you're not serious about this. I'm gonna go ahead and call it quits. We're gonna get this thing annulled before we have to get lawyers involved and all that shit. We're not gonna do all that. Like... That was a that was red flag number one. day one. He he should have known. But anyway, let's let's beside the point. Her TV her 
Red Table Talk show, she talked about how Will is a cuck and how she basically they have this open relationship. But if you really pay attention to it, you could tell it's Jada calling all the shots on this stuff. Like Jada is the one that is out cheating and doing all this stuff. Because when that first came out, like you could when that first episode came out where they talked about that. That's when all the memes of Will came out where he was crying and all this stuff because like he's hurt by it. Like he he really seems hurt by it. And but what does all this stuff do? For so for the past you know probably two years now, all this stuff that has came out on that show about their open relationship and uh, her doing her cheating on him and all this type of shit. It's like in her not being and Will not being able to satisfy her. That was on another one. She she mentioned how Will isn't able to satisfy her sexually and all this stuff like. And who who gets the end? Like, they I, I think the idea is like they're being open and honest and all this stuff. But like, the the fact of the matter is, all of it makes Will look like a pussy. And since it makes Will look so bad, he's been the butt of the joke for the past two years. And so I think that it got to the point where he's just. He's got so much shit going on and having to deal with that that like you could tell like Jada expected him to stand up for her for for Chris saying that and I mean look that's that's where when I first saw it when I first saw it my immediate takeaway I was like well shit good for him you know standing up for his, his woman like that but then it's like once you pay attention to it and figure out exactly what goes on you're like oh that that made you look like more of a pussy because you thought it was funny camera cuts away something happens where you have to go up there which basically means you went against your instinct because this woman who has cheated on you that you can't please in bed who you have to you know hang around while she they went on vacations and she would fly guys out to fly like certain guys she was hooking up with she would fly them out to wherever they're having vacation so she could have sex with them that's that's the type of relationship that's going on here so, like, all this shit makes Will look bad, so then this happens, and then he go. He thinks it's funny. He has to put his emotions to the side again, and feels. I think he feels like he has to stand up for it, and then, you know, what happened, happened. But at the end of the day, all of it just makes him look like a complete bitch. It makes him look like a pussy, and it makes him look like he's in this relationship where you clearly have no fucking control. You have no say-so. Uh, soul, what the hell? You have no say. So you're just, you're. I don't know what he is. I don't. I don't understand the. You know, at that when you're when you're Will fucking Smith, you know, a divorce clearly has a lot of um, negative uh, effects that come off of it. You know, whether it's financial or uh, whatever the case may be. But I mean. He's got no fucking respect from anybody from this. I don't think. I mean, like I said, if you want to, if you want to say, you know, defend your woman or whatever, that's perfectly fine. But there's a there's a time and a place and a right way to handle it. And I think he went off the cuff and just did his thing because his fucking wife was just like, "Bitch, you better do something." And he's the bitch that had to do something. He's a pussy about it. But I don't know. And then. So when when that stuff happened, I was at, when it all happened, I was at work, and Manessa had texted me, and uh, I guess she just assumed that I saw it because she randomly texted me and she was like, she said, "Would you slap? Uh, 
What'd she say? Would you slap Chris Rock for uh, if he made a joke about me or something like that? And my response was like, no. I would do it if it got a lot of views for the podcast. If it grew the podcast, sure. But to defend you, no. It's not. It's a fucking joke. Like, kind of have to know a time and a place. But, yeah, I don't, I don't understand the whole thing. But apparently it was all fine afterwards, which, again, makes it seem like... And this is another thing. Like... You it it makes you ask the question because like you everybody sees clearly how big of a pussy Will is. So like what if what if it was the Rock that was up there? What if is what if it's Dwayne Johnson up there, or Jason Momoa? You gonna you gonna go up there and slap Aquaman? Huh? You gonna go slap Aquaman? No, you're not gonna slap Aquaman because he's a big fucking dude. Chris Rock is a small guy. Chris Rock is a small guy. So it, I think it's like there's also that type of takeaway where it's like it's almost like um. The kid that gets bullied, like a kid that gets bullied at school, and he gets picked on and picked on and picked on by the by these kids, and he can't do anything. And then, when a small kid that he thinks he can take says something, he acts out and fights him or slaps him or hits him, whatever it is. And it's like, yeah, you did that because you thought you could take him on. So, like, the my question at least is like, you're already such a little bitch when it comes to, you know, your marriage and, um. <clears throat> And how you handle that, you know, letting your wife fucking cheat on you and all this stuff. You're already a pussy when it comes to that. And so, of course, you're going to... Of course, now that you've had these jokes made about you for all these years, you have a small guy that made a joke and you have a public platform where you can show people that, you know, not to fuck with you. Well, I just wonder if he'd keep... My, my thought is, I just wonder if he'd keep that same energy if it was, uh, like I said, The Rock up there. Because, let me tell you something, The Rock's not going to let you just fucking slap him. He might, you know, he's a professional at that, but I don't think it's going to go down the same way if it's The Rock or some big dude. He waited for a guy who's, you know, five inches shorter than him and 50 pounds lighter than him to go up there and do something. I don't know, man. Stand up for yourself. Don't be... He should have stood up for himself a long time ago. He should have, like, not that divorce is the answer, but he should have went and, like... Whether you win or it's it's a it's like a like I said it's a kind of like bully mentality, like what are we, what are we all told about bullies? It's like if you're being bullied, you have to stand up to them and you know fight them. Whether you win or lose, you have to show them that they can't keep picking on you without repercussions for it. And so if that's the case, I mean fuck, he should have stood up with himself and went and fought. Uh, went and just pulled up and fought. Uh, what's his name? That August, um, August something. He's a rapper that his wife was cheating on him with. But um, I don't know. I think it just made Will Smith look bad. Chris Rock's ticket ticket sales went through the roof, which is why, of course, you know, you can't be too sure if it was staged and planned by them or not. Because what I think the outcome of this is, and I'm going to go ahead and call it now just in case, what I think the outcome of this is is in probably two weeks, um, <clears throat> Chris Rock comes on Red Table Talk, Jada, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's show, I think Chris Rock comes on her show. It's her, Will, and Chris. And they talk about what happened. Or Will and Chris just announce something big. Um, like maybe Will announces a movie in the next couple weeks or three weeks. You know, maybe a month or so. So they're going to announce something off of this. Because it's such a big thing. Like it's just going to... Like I think I think I saw uh, this thing that said Chris Rock's uh, ticket sales... He had sold more, like, from the time he got slapped 
like in that next like 48 hours he had sold more tickets on his comedy tour than in the past like three months combined so like he you know there's always that's the thing when it comes to stuff that you see in the media you never know like what the angle is and usually there usually there's an angle um but you know it is what it is will smith's a pussy and jada smith's a bitch so and if you i mean you know i really think that's the only takeaway of it chris chris rock did not do anything wrong by making a joke of a pretty like i said a pretty light-hearted joke when you think about it uh that's what he's supposed to do it was a it was a this also the, the thing it's the oscars they're not gonna allow they're not gonna allow a joke or something to come out that's like not family friendly and this is another this is oh fuck oh shit I almost forgot about this so another thing I told Vanessa whenever I first saw it whenever I'm you know kind of thinking it was staged I think it another reason why I think it might have been is because the Oscars ratings have been dog shit for the past six years six years every year the ratings have went down and it's and you know a lot of people say it's because it's become too political which you know I think there's an argument for it because every year there has been a a political stance involved. Like I think so. 2016 was the year that um, Jada Pinkett Smith, oddly enough, she was the one that she was boycotting the Oscars because there wasn't enough um, black nominees. Yeah, there wasn't enough black people nominated for the awards or whatever. Which also, this, you know, side note, Chris Rock made a joke about her then, so maybe this is kind of where it stemmed from. He said, he made a joke about her at that one where he said something like, so Jada Pinkett Smith is uh, boycotting the Oscars, and he said, uh, which he said, which I find funny because she's on TV, so her boycotting the Oscars is like uh, me boycotting Rihanna's panties. And he said, I was never invited. Meaning like, Jada's on TV, so she didn't even get an inv- invite to the Oscars. So I don't know why she's boycotting it. You know, another good joke, whatever. But um, anyway, back to the, like the ratings and the political shit. Like 2016 was the year that they, you know, it came out that every, a lot of people thought that there wasn't enough uh, black people represented as nominees. And so there's that that year. It got, you know, a lot of heat for that. The next year they got a lot of heat because they had almost all black uh, nominees, which there's nothing wrong with it, but it, in a lot of people's eyes, it looked like they were overcompensating for the year before. So then the following year, so now we're in 2018. In 2018, it was all anti-racism, and which, you know, I'm I'm with that message, but you get the point. The point is that, that year, the political message was all anti-racism and we're all one and all this type of shit. And then the year after was these are the ones I get confused. I think the year after was the one where Kevin Hart boycott yes. So the year after is the one where Kevin Hart got um he got canceled because he made some he made some jokes on Twitter uh about it's like some gay jokes about his son or whatever. Which again fucking dumb. So I just cause I'm doing a solo episode, I'll fucking get into it. So what happened when Kevin Hart got canceled is because he he was supposed to be the host of the Oscars. He got canceled because he tweeted fucking it was like seven years earlier. 
he tweeted saying something along the lines of, if my son um, ever came out as gay, I would uh, smash a dollhouse over his head. Which, you know, it's, I mean, I get the joke. It's a little sloppy, but, I, you know, it's funny. I get the joke. But <clears throat> the problem, this is where the cancel culture is fucking crazy. You gotta understand, for him to have... For him to smash a dollhouse over his son's head, he would have to buy his fucking son a dollhouse. Like, I mean, not that that's like, there you go, he's in the clear, but you get what I'm saying? Like, it's clearly a fucking joke. Like, relax. But anyway, so since he got canceled because of all, because of a couple gay jokes, and he, you know, he apologized, and then he got to the point where he had apologized so much, he was like, I'm not gonna keep doing this. I'm not gonna keep apologizing. And so he didn't. He didn't get to host the Oscars. So that Oscars, the political message was it was very LGBTQ heavy support for that community. Which again, no shame in it. Nothing wrong with it. But it's all like you know these political stances. And then I think the next two years after that were uh, COVID, and so they kind of lost ratings with that too. So this year was like the first year back, and I think they just lost ratings. This you know, there's at least an argument that. Their ratings have been so fucking awful that they were like, yeah, we'll let something happen or we'll stage something or whatever and get some attention back on the Oscars. But I don't know. I, I don't know about about all that. But the the thing is with actor, and this is what, you know, kids especially, especially young kids and teenagers and stuff need to realize is that all these world, these people that you see like on social media, these actors and these people that everybody looks up to or whatever, um, all the stuff that they do and say it's fake. That's not who they are. You you got to take into account, like these people, so let me kind of explain the best that I can from what I, I understand um, how this shit works. So these people are constantly selling themselves to... They're constantly in like a, a sales pitch of themselves to these networks, these producers, these um, uh, production company, all these people who make movies and TV shows and give them, you know, give them their career, people who are going to pay them and how, you know, how they make their living. They're always in a constant sales pitch with these people. And so when you see like who... Like that's that's put it this way. That's why you see weird videos come out. Like, and don't get me wrong, the messages are fine. There's nothing wrong with the message that they're trying to portray. Like when it's like um, when the uh, I forgot what year it was, but they had one a few years ago. There it was real big. Whenever um, about um, it was like when Harvey Weinstein was doing his thing, and um, you know raping women or whatever he was doing and Bill Cosby was doing it. It was like around that time, around that time it was, they were real uh, heavy about like um, women's rights and um, you know, basically the, I mean the easiest way to put it is like not being a piece of shit, like not raping people and molesting women and stuff. Like that's pretty common sense. But that's what the message was going around right then. And then you see all these actors on their Instagrams and their Twitters and all these things posting these videos. And they're saying it's very these. I don't know if y'all remember these, seeing these, but if you do, you know, you you'll know how odd this was to see. 
it was all these actors and stuff. The videos were stitched together, and they were all saying, I apologize, I'm sorry for all this stuff. And they're apologizing for, like, not speaking up and not, uh, like, saying anything. Like, when they heard of something that was wrong or knew of something that was wrong or whatever. And it's like, hey, you didn't do anything wrong. Like, you didn't do anything to anybody. So, I mean, I guess, in a, you know, they felt some sort of responsibility. But this is the point I'm trying to get across is that all these things, when you see videos like this, like there was, a, there was an actress the other day, or I say the other day, a few weeks ago, whenever the war with uh, between the Ukraine and Russia started, there's an actress that came out and she made a this fucking awkward video, super awkward video about, uh, and she would fucking, God, the fucking nerve of these people sometimes. She made a video talking to uh, Vladimir Putin of Russia. And she was saying, I'm sorry I wasn't your mother and you would have been raised differently, and you'd have been shown love, and all this stuff. It's like, hey, bitch, Putin's got bigger fish to fry than to watch your fucking Twitter video. He doesn't give a fuck what you have to say on Twitter. But it's just like, the, the point of all this is, like, these people that everybody looks up to, these actors and musicians and all these, all these you know, celebrities and all this stuff, the reason they do this stuff is because they're in a constant sales pitch trying to sell themselves and market themselves to all these big networks and production companies and these people who make movies because you, you got to think, they look at, these big companies look at, all they care about is ticket sales, who gets butts in seats, and who's going to get eyeballs on, our, on their film or whatever they put out. And so, look at it like this. You have to look at it like, who are they going to want on... Who are they going to want to pick for a movie? Are you going to want to pick somebody who has stood up, has been very outspoken, standing up about racism and saying how they're, you know, against racism and all this stuff, and they're very outspoken about the LGBTQ and they're very outspoken about women's rights? Do you want that person who is saying all the right things and has everybody has all these different groups of people on their side, or are you going to want the person who hops on a podcast? And just fires off the cuff, off the cuff comments, and just speaks, you know, from the heart, and just says what they want to say, and tells it how it is. You're not gonna, you're not gonna want that person because that person, being a podcaster, you have to know. And this, I'm just using for example, but of course, like for example, being a podcaster, you have to know you're putting your opinion out there, and when you put your opinion out there, you're gonna. Some people are going to disagree with you. Some people are going to be really pissed and you're going to offend them. And some people are going to completely understand what you're saying. And there's some people who aren't going to agree with you and, you know, they're going to at least try to hear you out or whatever. But the point is, you're going to separate yourself from some group of people at some point. And if you're, you know, a real honest podcaster and you're telling it how it is, then you're going to separate yourself from a group of people at multiple points in your career. So... And of course, I'm using podcasters as an example. But the point is, these these producers and these companies don't give a fuck who you are. They care about who. They don't care about who you are to an extent. They care about who is going to sell tickets. That's why The Rock, even though he's been he hasn't been an actor near as long as you know some of these other people out there, 
he is, you know, one of the highest paid actors. If not, I think he is the highest paid actor in the world right now. And it's because The Rock, he's, you know, a good looking dude. He has an audience that he's bringing with him from wrestling. He always is on. He's always professional. He always, um, you know, he makes his little comments about whenever something, whenever there's a, a movement going on, he'll put out his information, his, you know, very vanilla, very plain, very right in the middle take on, you know, racism or uh, whatever it is. And he puts it out there and he he brings a big audience with him. That's why he gets the roles he gets. So that's what these actors and stuff, when you see them doing all this weird shit where they post videos and it just seems unnatural or they post tweets and you're like, oh, that wasn't very well thought out. No, it wasn't thought out because they had to put something. They had to put something out because they're selling themselves to these companies. But that's how it goes. That's how it goes. In every, that's how it goes in the UFC or in in any form of entertainment. You're gonna get paid based off what you bring, like the audience that you bring, and the eyeballs as you bring, and the money that you bring to that company. That's how it works. That how whatever you bring to the company is what you're. If Conor McGregor. Perfect example. Conor McGregor is not the best UFC fighter. He's not the best UFC fighter of all time. He's probably not... Realistically, he's probably not in the top 20. Maybe he's probably not in the top 30 UFC fighters of all time. Yeah, he was first double champion on stuff. It doesn't fucking matter. Skill-wise, he's really not that... He's not... Don't get me wrong. He's very, he's very good. But realistically... He's not in the fucking top twenty of UFC fighters, and like in the like of all time, but he's the highest paid of all time. And it's because he knows how to he knows how to bring an audience. He knows how to get people involved, whether you love him or hate him, and you know he brings audience. So that's why these people do these things, and that's why the, the Oscars have kind of turned into the shit show that they've turned into is because it's like. All these people, they have to take a stance, and there's no bigger stage than the fucking Oscars, in you know, in movie people's mind, because you have all everybody who's involved with making movies is watching it, and so that's the perfect time to show them, hey, look, I'm I'm speaking out against of uh, human trafficking, and I'm don't don't put plastic in the ocean, you're gonna kill a sea turtle, like fuck you, I go dump a box of plastic straws in the ocean twice a week, so like. And you know what? That's not true. But it doesn't matter. I can say that type of shit because I'm not trying to get in a fucking movie. Now, hey, if they offer me to be fucking Iron Man, if they offer, if I got an offer to be Iron Man, um, you'd see me fucking picking up plastic on a beach tomorrow. And I wouldn't be doing it long, just long enough to like take a picture of it and post it on social media. And then you'd see me at a soup kitchen Again, just long enough to take a picture, post on social media. Um, I'd probably be helping an old lady across the street. This is all that, you know, you got to do these types of things if if you're wanting to be Iron Man. And would I do that? Hell yeah, I'd sell out. But that's not the point. Actually, it kind of is the point. They're selling out as well, is is what I'm getting at. But anyway, enough about that shit. That turned into a long ass rant, way longer than I planned on it being... But um, I don't fucking know. I I'm not gonna go back to the beginning. Fuck it. Move on. Move on. Who cares? Um, cause I'm I know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna start on it again, and I'm gonna get fucking going. Cause it's so frustrating to me seeing like 
all this fake like all this fake shit that goes on it's like dude there's like ugh, here i go fuck it let's dive in i'm, I'm going back in i don't care the, the fake shit that is going on that drives me fucking nuts it's like dude if this is a stance so like let's just say will smith let's just say because we're already talking about will smith's taking this all these stances and he's you know pretending to fight human trafficker human traffickers and all that stuff it's like hey bro you're still will smith you're still the fresh prince of bel-air you don't have to fucking sell yourself to anybody you can be yourself as long as you don't say some really off the wall shit that's clearly wrong to say you're pretty much fine like i mean in in perfect examples of that are like like morgan wallen Morgan Wallen, you know, he said something, you know, he said something clearly wrong, clearly inappropriate that you shouldn't say. It was on video and it got put out there. Guess what? He's back. T- he took his time away. He's back touring. He's killing it. He's back to business. This is what happens. As long as you do, as long as you don't do something fucking Kevin Spacey style, Harvey Weinstein style to where there's just n- absolutely no excuse and no coming back from like. What they're doing with women is, like, you can't come back from that. You can't, because you're a liability at that point. Like, being around, you're a liability. Like, you can't even be, the female staff can't be comfortable around you. Female actresses can't be comfortable around you. Like, or if you're, shit, if you're Kevin Spacey, male actresses can't be comfortable around you, especially little boys. But, the point is, it's like, you don't, as long as you're not doing something fucking crazy, you can do your thing and come back from it. That's just, that's how it works. I mean, how many times has fucking Joe Rogan, attempt, they have they tried to cancel him? How many times have they, you know, they tried to cancel Kevin Hart over a fucking sex tape, over the gay jokes? Kevin Hart's still making fucking, he's doing his thing. It doesn't affect anything. You can be real, just don't be a piece of shit. That's, the, that's pretty common sense, though. But for so, for whatever reason, the fucking twisted, dirty world of fucking entertainment that we live in, you've got to be fake to really get the big deals, to really get the big um, offers and big opportunities. You got to have a fake side to you, which is fucking ridiculous. But anyway, I'll get off it. I'll talk about some real life shit. Um, I gotta I gotta completely change topics because I'm just gonna keep going. Uh, what can I change topics to? Oh, baseball season. Even though I've talked about that, I'm not a big fan of baseball. I am a fan of watching my kid play baseball. And uh, I will say one thing about being a parent. So if you're a, if you're a, really, I mean, all parents want their kids to do well. Like that's kind of common sense. But I think especially for, and I can't speak for mom, so I'm just gonna speak from a dad's point of view. If you're like a, if you're a dad, and you're a, you know, you used to be, used to play sports, used to be athletic, you know, maybe still are a little bit, your boy, like your boy, um, it's very frustrating to coach kids sports, like until they get to the age, to where they're like, I don't, I don't know what the age is yet. I can tell you what, Bentley's not there yet. Bentley is not at that age yet where you can, where they kind of do all the right stuff just not at at the level how how do I need to put it it's like as far as baseball 
he's not at the age yet where he's doing all the right fundamentals and like techniques and stuff to where he can play like he's not doing all the correct stuff and so I'm waiting for him to get to the age where he's doing it all he's just not doing it at a very proficient level that's the best way to put it um but god I'll tell you one thing as a dad who you know has played sports and has you know played the sport that my son is playing it is fucking frustrating watching little kids play baseball and you know that's that is my fault partially it's my fault because I have to get better at understanding like hey they're seven and eight they're seven and eight years old you gotta cut them some slack you gotta give them a little bit you gotta teach them but god I mean we're talking what I'm talking about that Bentley isn't and he's not the only one don't get me wrong he's not the only kid doing this we have a couple of them on our team but like you're talking about like you throw a baseball to a kid and I wish I need to start doing video podcasting I know so y'all could see what I'm talking about but when you go to catch a baseball imagine you have a baseball glove on right now imagine you have a baseball glove on and you go to catch a baseball it's coming at your face you don't go palm up to the ball if you go palm up and the ball is coming at your face, there's nothing to stop it and it's going to hit you in the face. You go palm out towards the ball and you can catch it. I've told him, I, I can't tell you how many times I've told this kid. I'm talking about mine. I can't tell you how many times I've told Bentley. Dude, glove up. Put your glove up, put your hand out, you know, fingers up. I've tried all the different variations of how to explain it to him for him to understand it. And he just does not. He, he'll, he'll do it for, you know, typical kid. You know, it's, I'm not talking bad about him. It's just, you know, it is what it is. He's a typical kid. He does it for, he'll do it for five or six throws in a row, and then he's right back to almost getting hit in the face every every uh, every other pitch. But <clears throat> I will say, playing, uh, having your kids play sports, even though it's frustrating because it's like, you know how to, and this is, I I will say this: if you are, um, if you're a parent and your kid is playing a sport that you know you have played before, even if you don't want to be the head coach, please definitely get involved and try to coach them. Because I will say, one and you know, even be a coach and coach all like as many kids as you can. Because one thing it will teach you, one thing it will help you out with, is learning how not all kids learn the same. And it'll teach you how to communicate with them because, god damn, like, there's something, like, simple, like, um, very simple. Like, at, at their age now, they understand when we say touch the bag, like, meaning the base. But, like, when they first started playing baseball, you know, we're all talking in normal baseball terms. We're like, get back to the bag. Make sure you touch the bag. And they're looking at all these kids are looking around for a bag, for a bag on the ground. They're like, what the fuck is a bag? What are you talking about? So you're like, oh shit, I can't say it that way. I have to, I have to dumb it down for them. And so like, it teaches you how to like tell them what you need to tell them and put it into words that they can understand. And uh, God, it gets frustrating sometimes, but it is a good, uh, it's a good tool though. Because also, not all kids learn the same. Just like, I mean, how many times have you heard somebody be like, uh, I'm a visual person. I got to see it, or uh, I got to do it myself to understand it, or. I got to get my hands on it or stuff like, you know, I got to write it down so I understand it. People have, you know, different ways of learning. It's the same thing with your kids. Like, these kids, it teaches you, like, like, my, like mine, for instance. You can't yell at him. 
if you yell at him, he thinks he's in trouble and he shuts down. He like can't hear you. It's, it's almost like it's like hard for him to hear and understand you. He just he just wants to do whatever to not be in trouble anymore. And it's it it's not the best way for him to learn. He learns by having fun. Like you have to make it a game. You have to make it fun for him. Um, other kids, you got other kids. You got to get in their face and be like, "Hey, stop fucking doing this." You know. So it is a very good tool to, or it's a very good thing to practice and learn. Is is coach with kids, so it helps you learn how to communicate with them. But I'll say this thing: his age group is seven and eight, but. There is a fucking... This is the age group right now. Seven and eight is the age group where you will see the... If you are if you have a son who plays baseball or, or you have a son who's going to play baseball, remember I said this. Seven and eight years old is where you will start seeing the skill gap. You start seeing the skill gap where you're going to be like, oh, shit, my kid, if he wants to do anything with baseball, he's got to step it up, you know, mine. Or you see some kids where you're just like, okay, buddy, there's no hope for you. And then there's also kids where you're like, how are you not playing up? And it's like, we, so our first game, our first game we played this team that had like three or four, I think three or four kids that uh, all play like basically year baseball year round. Like they play fall ball, spring ball, they play um, what's it called uh, select baseball. And these fucking kids, dude, my, so Bentley has been playing pitcher. And, and, you know, if you know anything about baseball, pitcher, you're the closest player to the batter other than the catcher. But the catcher, you're not at risk of getting hit with the ball because the ball is going away from you. So being pitcher, you're the closest player with the ball coming towards you on the field. And I think Bentley's, he's maybe 40 feet from, he's maybe 40 feet from the batter. And these balls are still screaming past him to where, like, to the point where, like, I'm, I get nervous when he's up there. Like, I have, I sit there and constantly remind him, and I, I, like, I'll stop coaching the other kids just because, like, I have to make sure he knows this is one you have to pay attention to. Cover your face. You can get hit in the chest. You can get hit in the leg, the nuts, whatever. You'll be fine. Cover your face. I don't need a broken nose. We don't need teeth knocked out. None of that. Like, you got to protect yourself. Some of these kids are fucking animals. We uh, the, like I said, the first game we played, they had three or four of them, and these kids, I mean, they're on the. We're not on the seven, eight year old field. We're on the uh, our league calls it the Mustang field, but that is, I think, I think that's nine and ten year olds on that field. I think it's the first year of coach pitch. I think it's nine and ten year olds, but uh, if I'm not mistaken. And dude, so we're on the nine, ten year old field, and some of these kids are just hitting it like to the fence, like hitting it off the fence, like seven to eight year olds stroking the ball, like fucking insane. And then they're warming up like a normal, they're warming up like a normal, um, like a high school or pro team. They're throwing ground balls to the infielders. They're all throwing it to first as a warm up, which I got drilled in the fucking face, which I'll get to that in a second. But dude, these kids are, I'm telling you, it's so fun to watch. But you start seeing the skill gap, and if you're if you're like me, my my philosophy at least on little league baseball is I want these are the ages. This is the years where I want Bentley to fall in love with baseball. I, I want him to do right, and I want to coach him the right way. 
but I want him to f- fall in love with playing baseball and being out there because you know if you can make your kid love love what they're doing then they'll want to do it more so even if he's a little bit behind the curve as far as like skill wise if he loves it and he wants to practice at home and he wants to do all that then he's going to make up that in my mind at least he's going to make up that skill gap at some point because he's going to practice more than the other kids just based off the fact that he loves it and wants to do it um now who knows if that'll end up working or not but that's at least my my thought behind it and also at the end of the day you know less than one percent of people do some you know real make real progress with or let's put it this way less than like about like five percent of people i forgot the percentages i think it's five percent of people that play baseball no that can't be right that's way too high i was gonna say five percent of people achieve like get a scholarship like play at the next level i think that's wrong so let's just throw a random number out there like one percent of people who actually play baseball will get a scholarship and have their college paid for so like in my mind like that is achieving something if you can get your school paid for your education paid for you've achieved plenty but like i mean you're talking a fraction of a like a fraction of a percent of people will actually play baseball at the highest level like professional baseball so realistically i'm not i'm not one of those dads who's out there like you have to do this and you know making a big deal about it i want him to have fun because at the end of the day like he's probably real if we're being honest he's probably not going to play a professional sport so i'd rather him have you know make fun memories and have a good time with it than be stressed out and nervous about having to do everything correct and being yelled at and all that stuff like that like he cried the first game poor little dude he cried the first game because he thought i was yelling at him uh and i was yelling at him but i was yelling because you know you have the crowd you have the other players the game your focus he was far away from me i was on the you know i was out on the side he was on the pitcher's mound so i'm trying to make sure he can hear me so i'm yelling at him to tell him what to do he thinks i'm yelling at him because he's in trouble and he starts fucking crying but yeah i'm not i'm i'm not like i want him to have fun the way he can look back on it and, you know, it was a good time. It was good memories or whatever. But, like, my, my point and what led me there was saying, like, if you're a dad like me, this league, like, this age is so fucking fun because, like I said, you start to see that skill gap and you start wanting the other kids on the team to hit the, like, there's one kid that we played, today is Sunday, so we played him yesterday. And you could tell, dude, I mean, he's a, he's a seven-year-old David Ortiz. He's he's seven year old big poppy. He's he's a you know a thick kid, and he's up there and he's and when he swings the bat, he fucking swings it. He swings it like he means it, and uh, he I, I don't think he really got. I think he got one good hit, but it was a ground ball. But uh, you see kids like that, and you're like, oh please get please get a hold of one. I just want to see what a kid your size can do to the ball. And uh, yeah, I don't really care about. You know, if if I see a kid doing well on the other team, I'm happy for him. You know, I want our team to win, but I want the kids to have fun, and I want to see these little kids dominate because there's some studs out there. But um, I will say, so far, our team has not done well. I think we're one. I think we're one in three or one in four, something like that. We've we've only won one game, but um, God, it's a lot of fun. 
God, it is so much fun to watch these little kids uh, do their thing. It's frustrating. It's frustrating trying to get them to do it the way you want, but, you know, what can you do? What can you do? You really see, that's another thing about playing Little League sports and being around, like, all these other parents and stuff, is, like, you really get to see, like, if you're, you know, if you're anything like us, you kind of watch other parents and you're like, oh, this one... This one doesn't give a fuck about their kid. Because there's, you know, not, and I'm not talking about our team this year, but our, like, we had a team last year that we were on, and, uh, there was kid, parents who would, like, drop their kids off at practice, and they would sit in the car the whole time, like, not pay attention to them. And you see stuff like that, and it's just like, man, y'all gotta, y'all gotta do better. Y'all gotta do better as parents, man. Like, especially, like, this is a conversation we were having, I was having today with some friends. It's like, People, parents don't understand, and if they, if you know, some of them, you know, realistically, if I'm if I'm being completely fair, nobody's prepared to be a parent. Nobody's prepared with like all that comes with it, and realistically, we're all everybody just does what they. When you're a parent, it's a fucking guessing game. You're if it's a guessing game, and you just try to make the right decision. And you're you have to be honest with yourself and know that you're gonna fuck up. You're gonna fuck up at some point. You're gonna you're gonna yell when you should have. You're gonna yell and you know maybe hit the table or you're gonna do something that you shouldn't have done and and you're gonna make a mistake. And as long as you learn from the mistakes and realize like, hey, this probably was not the best way to handle it, then that's being a good parent. Being a good parent is trying your best and and trying to make the right decisions as many times as possible and then when you realize you fuck up be honest with yourself and be like okay I fucked up I made her I, I did wrong like I just I've you know I've fucked up many times parenting and I'll, I'll give an example is uh once <laughs> Jesus Christ there's this is so this is so bad I tried uh oh fuck I can't remember what it was I, I know the example because I know I know the bad part of it but I can't remember how it got there. Um, oh, I, I think I remember. So it was something. It was something about Bentley um, not paying attention. Like he's he's out of touch. Like when we're trying to play board games with him, or we're trying to play card games, or we're trying to do something as a family, he's like out of touch. Like not paying attention, watching the TV. Uh, he was watching his iPad. He would do anything other than spend time with us. That's it's exactly what it was. I remember now. Um, he would, he's doing any other everything other than spend like real quality time with us like to those you know that memory making time and um you know it, it started bothering us and so we were like I was like okay I'm gonna you know talk to him about this and so, <laughs> this fucked up this was a fuck up. Hey, look be honest with yourself this was a fuck up I tried I approached it the way I thought and I was wrong um so it was like time for bed or whatever and I, I would talk to him I was like hey man you know when we're doing stuff like that, you know, you, you, uh, you know, you're watching your iPad, you're doing this, doing that. You're not spending time with us. I said, you got to think, I said, we're, when we're doing this, we're making memories together. And one day, whenever, you know, (laughs) this is where I fucked up. I said, one day you got to think about it. One day I'm going to, you know, we're going to die and we're not going to be here. And when you think back, I know a lot of y'all just heard that and y'all are like, Ugh. yeah, yeah, I told a seven-year-old that. I said, 
you know, one day we're you're we're all, we're gonna die and not be here, and you're gonna think back, and you're, all your memories are gonna be of you looking at your iPad and not spending time playing these games and really having good family time. I said Do you, you're not gonna have memories of of all the stuff that we did together. You're gonna, you're gonna be remembering watching TV, and some of y'all could probably see where I was trying to go with it, but you don't say that to a seven year old. And I fucked up. I said it to a seven-year-old. And then, of course, it was the waterworks for the next fucking 30 minutes until I, you know, fixed it and tried to be like, well, no, 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 it's, you know, it's not for a long time. Uh, uh, that's not what I meant. No, I'm going to live forever. But, you know, all that type of shit. But, uh, you know, you fuck up. You got to be honest with yourself when you make a mistake and when you do shit wrong. And, like, that's how you be a good parent. And, like, there's shit, like, this is, this is one parenting tip that seems like it's common sense but I've got to say it just because I know way too many people doing this right now with their kids so just in case you're one of them I'm going to go ahead and say it even though it's common sense and if you don't realize and this is another thing a lot of people are guilty of this and they don't realize that they're doing it in front of these kids and I'll tell you what happens when you do this this is why it's a big thing is arguing and yelling in front of your kids is not the obviously there's much worse things you can do you could fucking do drugs in front of your kids and be laid out on the floor in a coma and all that shit there's worse things you can do but yelling and stuff in front of your kids is one of the biggest things that I think every parent should watch that they do because you have to understand that when you do that you're showing them that that is a way to communicate with somebody. That you're showing them that when there's a disagreement or you're not on the same page with somebody, that that is how you handle it. You don't. Sh- you're not showing them how to talk it out, work it out. You know, take the other person's perspective into account. You're not showing them that. You're teaching them when you get mad, when you don't like something, you yell and you cuss and you get in each other's face and you do all that type of shit. Like you can't. Like I said, I feel like this is common sense. I almost feel like I shouldn't even have to keep going. But, you know, I'm doing a solo episode again for, you know, it's been a little while. So, I'm, uh, no, I did one two weeks ago. Holy fuck. Anyway, um, but it, like it's, it sets up like, you gotta think, them knowing how to communicate with somebody and them knowing how to face like adversity whenever there's opposition like that. If you're teaching them to, if you're teaching them that the way you do it is to scream and throw a fit, like, what do you think is going to happen whenever, whenever they get a job and their boss tells them some shit that they don't agree with? They're going to get fired. What do you think is going to happen when they get in a relationship with somebody that they, somebody that they really care about? And they, you know, they might really love this person and care about them, but you've showed them that when there's a disagreement in a relationship, it's okay to yell and fight and do all this stuff. And then what's going to happen when they have a fight with their significant other? They're going to, they think they're going to handle it the way that, you know, or they handle it the way they think they should, which is yelling and screaming and fighting. And then next thing you know, they're going through fucking heartbreak because they handle their situation wrong. So, and again, 
you, it's stuff like that that you got to see, you got to recognize that you did and be like, all right, look, I fucked up. I got to stop doing that. If you ask, and look, I'm not saying I'm perfect because like I, I already just gave you all a good example of how I fucked up before. I've done, I've fucked up many times. But if you ask Bentley, if, if you, and you can do this anytime you want. If, if, if you see Bentley in public, go ahead and ask him. Just go up to him and say, hey, does your, does your daddy and Ness ever fight? Does your daddy and Ness ever argue? And I can tell you the exact answer he's going to give you. He's going to say two. He's going to say two times they did. He said he's going to be like, yeah, two times, two times they did. Like me and me and Vanessa have been together for a fucking long time. Like I'm not gonna. I'll be honest. Right now, I don't know how long we've been together. I'm gonna have to look it up. I hope she doesn't listen to this episode. But if you, if she does, babe, you know I know how long we've been together. I'm just fucking. I'm just trying to make people laugh, right? I definitely know our anniversary and everything. Um, but me and Vanessa have been together for a long time. First, I've only argued twice in front of him. Like, it's pretty good. So you gotta, you know, I don't know. I see the reason I say all this stuff is because I see some of these parents and the way they go about something as simple as like little league baseball, coaching their kids. Like last year, there was a team, and I'm I'm glad. Oh, I think the game got canceled. The game either got canceled or I had to miss it for work. But there was a team last year. It was the uh, they were the A's and the coaches. I watched them play a game, and the coaches were kicking dirt, throwing their hats down, screaming at like not just like I mean screaming at the kids. And to those kids, like you think that's fun to get fucking yelled at when you're trying to play a game? At the end of the day, it's a fucking game. You have to and and then also you're you're as a coach, you are a role model to these kids. Whether it's for one year or you end up having them later down the road, like you're a role model for these kids, and so you can't like. It goes the same thing. You show them like, hey, when something doesn't go good in baseball, what you're supposed to do is fucking kick dirt and scream and throw stuff down. No, no, and but anyway, the whole reason I get into all that is because I see some parents that are just. Man, you know they're they're just they don't realize the example that they're setting, and uh, I don't know. It's kind of a bummer. It's kind of a bummer. And you know what? I'm gonna end it on a bummer just because it's the Fuller's House podcast, and I do what I want and talk about what I want because I'm not trying to be Iron Man unless they want me to be Iron Man. But anyway, so that's it. I'm gonna wrap this up. I'll see you guys next week. Thank y'all for listening. Oh, I'm out. Oh, I just let it go, yeah. Oh, I just let it go, yeah.